Thanks for listening to Shift Your Spirits. I'm Slade Robertson. For 13 years, I've been a professional intuitive counselor and personal development blogger. I try to talk about spirituality with fewer hearts and flowers than most New Age blather. I also mentor emerging intuitives, psychics, and healers in a program called Automatic Intuition. It is Monday, May 27th, 2019. As I record this introduction, it is Memorial Day in the United States. This week I have a conversation with David Thomas Wright about developing intuition to enhance your manifesting journey, the interplay of intuition and intentions, the law of attraction. And in particular, if you have questions about whether the impulse to relocate is part of a higher calling for you, David has lived this experience of following his intuition to a new city and manifesting a new life for himself. His story is coming up in just a minute. As always, there's an oracle segment at the end of the show, so be thinking about a question or a concern you have. Hold it in your mind, and I'll come back on after the final links and credits and leave you with that extra channeled message. Before I forget, I do want to say a quick thank you to Amy Park, my newest Mastery Level supporter on Patreon. Thank you to all of you who continue to pledge your support. It demonstrates that you're enjoying the show and you want it to continue. Listeners who support the show on Patreon can access a guided meditation called Messages from Your Spirit Guides, exclusive bonus episodes, and there's also a mastery level of support where you can download one of my courses for free each month. Currently, I'm offering a set of exercises and templates to help you define your purpose in down-to-earth language and write your website in a voice that captures your personality and authenticity. So if you're struggling with that awkward about page, this was created for you. To find out how you can become a patron, support my time in producing this show, and access all the extra bonus content, please go to patreon.com slash shiftyourspirits. When we were texting back and forth, um, messaging on Facebook about my, you know, love life or whatever and it kind of came up um the thing that really struck me was i've thought about doing shows on i think it's called astrocartography and you know location-based purpose and you know feeling this sense of oh i've got to move somewhere cool I, i mean we've all experienced that at some point in our life and over the years this is something that clients bring in readings all the time are these questions about feeling like they need to move somewhere and um, that a better life is waiting for them somewhere else. And on the one hand, I do believe that in some cases, if you manifest everything else that you possibly want or need, it probably won't matter where you are. Like if I took you where you are right now and you said, I'm unhappy and I don't have anyone and da, 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 da. If I suddenly gave you this wonderful, you know, job working from home and then Mm. you randomly met the love of your life living two blocks away, suddenly you don't want to leave, you know? So, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, But, um, you kind of lived this idea of following an impulse to move somewhere specific and begin a new life. So mm. I want you to take me back to the where you were before all that happened and tell me about how this manifest 
meditation journey to another place unfolded for you? Sure. So I've always felt that obviously places are about people. So being drawn to a place would have some sort of knock-on effect where you're being drawn to the right people and the right circumstances. Um, But I was looking for something in my life. And I was looking for a sense of home because I didn't really have and hadn't had that sense of home and belonging for a long, long time. Um, When I was in my early 20s, I studied in London and had to come back home because it was so expensive to live there and was still looking for work. And I went through a phase in my life where I thought it was about going back to London or this uh, dream or this aspiration to go back to London. And that was the kind of measurement, you know, of my well-being or not. And over time, I, it seemed to kind of just disappear, that intention or that need to return to London um, just wasn't there anymore. And I was actually living in Lincolnshire. And I went on holiday for the first time to Edinburgh in Scotland. Now, there is a bit of a backstory, and I don't know whether I told you this, but when I was first working with clients, um, giving psychic intuitive readings, I was probably about 17 or 18, and I used to sense what was a Scottish guide or a Scottish influence, which I felt was to do with ancestry, not past lives, but some sort of remembrance. And it would come in. And um, sometimes I would see this, and it's going to sound a little cheesy, but it was a little bit like what we see now in Outlander. So that kind of Scottish chieftain in the kind of full Highlander regalia, it's quite hot, really. Uh, And that's the image that I got from this guide again and again. And it just it just kind of fizzled out. This was early 20s. And then there was a point in my life when I was looking for a sense of home and belonging. And this Scottish feeling, whatever that means, this kind of pull towards Scotland came in again. And I noticed it when I opened up to give readings. And I knew that it wasn't about the client. It was just something that was slipping into that vibration because I was open to channel. And I thought, okay, well, um, the last time I thought about this, I was kind of early 20s. Now I'm sort of like mid 30s in the journey. And I looked back at my old journals from the time and um, I kept writing the Royal Road, the Royal Road over and over again. And I also, Uh, wrote the word butte and hand on heart whether it's subconscious or not this is before the age of google or before i had access to google i thought butte was in cornwall but that's bude so butte is an isle which i've visited now since and that was in my kind of freestyling automatic writing journaling in my early 20s and also the royal road now Short story, I I think the Royal Road is the Royal Mile, which is the main historical um, high street, if you like, in Edinburgh. So I kept being drawn to Scotland and specifically Edinburgh. And I went with my partner of the time and 
um, it was like falling in love. So if anyone had been to Edinburgh, it is a beautiful city aesthetically, you know, amazing architecture, a lot of heritage. Um, you're near the sea. There, it's kind of there's a castle on volcanic rock. It's very Game of Thrones. But then you kind of have your high street and everything you would want from a major city. Um, and I was just wowed by it, and it felt um, like falling in love with a person. It was a com completely magnetic pull. And um, I did visit a couple of times afterwards, and. Um, on one visit, I went to a past life regression expert because I was like, what is this all about, this this draw? I now feel that it isn't necessarily about a past life as much as it is some kind of ancestry. I've tried to trace the ancestry, but what came up for me eventually was, well, why does it matter? You know, so does it have to be quantified or qualified with, you know, it's an ancestral thing or it's a past life thing. Maybe this just speaks to you now. And so I thought, okay, this has always been here in some way. And one point that I do want to make is, I don't know how you feel about this slide, but there's quite a small divide between what we would call an intuitive hunch and a spontaneous manifestation. Um, and I, and I, I guess I'll explain that a little bit, bit more later. But what I what I manifested here, some might say, well, it is destiny or fate, as in you got the prompts intuitively when you were in your early 20s, and then you followed those prompts, and you were meant to live here, and so it was always going to happen. It could have been, you know, fated or predicted. Um, yeah, to an extent, but I actually began to use manifesting processes for the first time in my life to make sure that I would move and have the opportunity to move to Edinburgh. Because as soon as I went there, and I've got tingles now talking about it, um, it, it, it was like being in love. And um, there was a calm. It wasn't just about desire or longing and you know, a strong need to start again and have a new life, which I did need, but there was I think sometimes when it's intuitive, there's like a calm underneath because you know the pieces are going to come together one way or the other. Um, I know, of course, that people would say, well, you could goal set your way to relocating. Yeah, absolutely. And some of my friends are coaches in the more conventional um, perspective. And they sometimes struggle with what we would call the woo-woo scale of energy manifesting law of attraction but the way this unfolded is i couldn't have strategized my way to edinburgh i could have literally but it would have taken me either a long time or it wouldn't have happened in this way at the right time because um i made a friend completely out of the blue uh via instagram and that made it possible for me to move and stay with him for a few months while I got myself together. And I guess I'm kind of skipping a little bit forward in time. Talking about my process, which might be useful to others if you wanted to try this, whether it's a business dream, whether it's a passion project, whether it's about relocation, I really, really like to help people with a big vision. And I think a lot of that has come from my own journey to moving to Edinburgh. 
So what I did was put images around me at home in Lincolnshire of Edinburgh, you know, the castle. Um, and also more kind of, not just the touristy stuff, but kind of more earthy and grounded images and associations with the city. Because I'm thinking, you know, I'm not always going to be hanging around the castle um, <laughs> or kind of going to tourist attractions. Sometimes I'm going to just be going to the local shop or, you know. So I found images online which kind of represented um, an earthier side of the city um, as if I'm living there, not just being a tourist. Um, I also put sort of post-it notes around my house and they were supposed to be subliminal. And I think the subliminal approach works because the idea of reaffirming can be quite a forceful and therefore quite a tense um, experience. And the desire to reinforce something through kind of constant affirmations is fear-based. And I think there's a tension underneath that which could actually push an experience away from you. So what I tried to do was to take a more subliminal approach with the post-it notes, with these kind of like postcards or images that I had around. Um, I think I had a vision board. And also one of the most effective things I find is to record an audio of what you are experiencing in um, the present tense as if you have it now. Um, these might be principles that are kind of well known to people who are listening, but it did work for me. And hearing it in my own voice and just kind of having it in the background as I'm walking down the street or as I'm falling asleep, I think made a huge difference to my energy and to my ability to just expect this outcome, not hope, because I think hope is obviously a wonderful emotion, but I think when you really begin to um, rock and roll with the manifesting, it's about an inevitability sort of feeling. Mm. It's an intuitive inevitability. It's kind of like, I don't want this and I'm not hoping for it because that's a pull, but I'm sort of expecting it and I kind of know. And so the, the stuff that could not be um, strategized, for example, chance meetings, as I said at the beginning, it's all about people more than it is about places. Um, and financially, you know, I wasn't in a super abundant place. So having the opportunity to just stay with someone for three months um, was hugely helpful to get me on my feet and to get me in the city. And um, that friend of mine has got quite an insistent character. And he is, I don't know whether he'd agree with this, but I, I see him as more confident than me. Um, he's a performer for a living. And so I see him as having all this confidence. And so he he gave me, I think, on, on more than one occasion, a bit of a push. I'm like, just do this, David. Do you know what I mean? Let's just get on with it. Um, and you can stay with me for a few months. So that was hugely helpful. Um, also, what gave me the incentive to move forward? And this this is where I think it gets quite juicy. The manifesting stuff for me isn't just about identifying something that you want. I also think that you choose something. For me, it was a city and everything that I believed I would experience there, including having some not so good days um, and expecting it to not be like a paradise, but being a life, you know, and being real. But it's almost like lassoing your energy to something, you know, like a cowboy. 
And for me, it was a city. And I think sometimes when we're attracted to things in that way, it's a focal point. And then you can train your energy and vibration, yes, to manifest the outcome where I'm living in that physical city, but also um, it's like a reference point to up vibe or to scale up your vibe, whatever way you want to put it, so that you become a vibrational match for what you want, but also that you release anything that doesn't serve you in the meantime. Because as soon as I'd set this intention in a real way and begun manifesting, I actually attracted what was a quite tumultuous love affair, sort of fling, sort of dark night of the soul experience, um, and I think that it made it my it made my own experience like um, a living hell, and that sounds like an exaggeration. But it well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what that was. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that, that sounded way too necessary. juicy. <laughs> yeah, it's so juicy. You're going to get more juice. Don't worry. So um, this was about me trying to or being able to release myself from any mindset stuff which was preventing me from allowing accepting attracting manifesting the outcome and so when i do talk to people about manifesting it's not like i'm saying buckle up it's going to be a rough ride because it doesn't have to be at all but i think that to really get what you want, because manifesting is about feelings, it isn't about physical stuff, that yeah, you do manifest a physical experience, but you're able to inhabit it in the way that you asked for, because your mindset has changed. You know, so for example, going back to love and romance, a lot of people ask me about manifesting love, and they don't I don't think that they just want someone to validate them and say, wow, you're really gorgeous and sexy and I want to spend my life with you. In their own experience, they want to feel comfortable themselves and to be able to receive that and enjoy that and feel good about that. Um, so I don't know if you've had this experience, but a lot of readers will get asked, you know, what is someone else thinking about me? Or um, what is my love interest thinking about me? And in the end, the manifesting stuff is so powerful because it is about how you perceive that situation because if you can't feel comfortable with it, then you could have the guy under your window serenading you, but it might not feel the way you want it to feel. So when you do manifest and you're saying to the universe, I want this, it isn't just about, I think what the universe hears is not just, okay, you want to live in this postcode, this zip code. It's hearing you want to have a certain emotional experience so what we're going to do is organize everything to enable that to happen. So yeah, you get to live in the postcode, zip code, or and you get to feel the way that you want to feel. And a part of that was in my journey, I developed a really um, magnetic, but at times toxic connection with someone. Um, I wasn't looking for that necessarily. I wasn't really looking for a long-term partnership because I recently left a relationship. Um, but it is something that pushed all of my buttons. I'm not really keen on 
the conversation that I hear a lot of, which is empath versus narcissist and kind of putting people into boxes in that way. Um, but that if I identify as an empath, let's just say that a lot of stuff happened, which is, would be a struggle for anyone, but also particularly an empath, um, who is, uh, like myself, a big emotional, intuitive, empathic machine. And, um, what it brought about was it prompted me to think about what do you really want? Because as part of this experience, there was an invitation to an extent to, um, I don't know whether the invitation was to build a life with that person, but it was, um, are you going to stick around and commit to this relationship or connection, whatever we call that? and therefore commit more to the city that you're living in right now? Or do you want something else entirely? And it could have been quite tempting to say, actually, yeah, I want to stay because what I'm really looking for is the right kind of partnership and this could be it. And so I'll just stay here then. Um, what I'd found in that experience is that my needs weren't met. So that was uh, a bit of a, a wake-up call. But also, as that played out, and it was at times confusing and upsetting and a little bit hellish for me, which would have been to do with my own mindset stuff. I'm not in blame around that or um, why didn't that person do this differently? But it sort of highlighted to me that um, it it would be quite difficult now to find what I am looking for in this small city. And it had already been difficult to find the kind of work that I wanted. Although of course, nowadays we can be on the internet and we can be international, etc. Um, and it was, when I say a death now, I mean that in a good way. Like it was, it was a real indicator that it is time to go, David. It really is time to move on because my associations with um, the house that I was, I couldn't, I couldn't not think about memories and triggering negative experiences from this romantic encounter that I'd had or relationship. And um, I was thinking about it in my home. I was walking about and it's a small city and I'm thinking, am I going to bump into that person? And um, it's, um, it's painful when I do see that person and it was kind of like, no, this is, an, this is a sign that it is time to get out of Dodge. It's time to go. And um, there were a few peak experiences um, and coincidences or synchronicities with that person and in that experience where it's kind of like, oh my God, you know, this is becoming more and more uncomfortable. And um, I feel something is prompting me and pushing me to make a choice about the future and really move on. So the opportunities were there. If we go back to Edinburgh, which is where I wanted to move to, the opportunities were there to move, uh, arguably before, but something had to happen in me where I just let go. And you know when you sometimes seek advice from other people, even those people who care for you or um, intuitives, intuitive friends of mine and psychic friends of mine who were kind of given their take on things and my journey it's always going to look easy for them because they're not living it but they were correct it was that they were telling me that all the pieces were there 
but there was something in me that had to shift to claim it and to be able to kind of move forward. And something had to happen which kind of pushed me. Now, I don't think any external force um, made that happen to me because I don't really believe in, in that as such. And I certainly don't have any negative emotion for that person or the, you know, because it seems like a long, long time ago now, um, or, that, or the experience that I had. But there is an unconscious aspect to manifesting as well. And a lot of the processes that we see talked about are, they're quite conscious mind. So it's like repeating affirmation. It's very cognitive. It's very on the surface. But I also believe that manifesting can happen on a subconscious level because what I did, I believe I created also that difficult experience and attracted it and then entertained it because I knew it would push me to the limit and it would push me to making a choice um, and work through some blocks, which I may not have done otherwise. Um, I am a procrastinator. I don't know whether that's a Virgo thing, um, but I am a champion um, procrastinator. That's what led me to look at coaching because I was looking at something which would take me out of my own procrastination and sort of galvanize me a little bit. So I think I manifested these difficult circumstances and um, to prompt myself to actually make that move. And I guess the moral of the story is manifestation, it isn't just about bricks and mortar or you know a zip code. It is about what you feel a place would represent if we're talking about relocation and ultimately it's about people and that became true because i had a lot of ideas and intentions about what edinburgh was going to represent and i wasn't framing it as some sort of like fairyland where everything all your dreams come true and it's perfect all the time um because i knew it would be a real home and as people, we have day-to-day different, different experiences. Sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're sad. But um, I framed these ideas about what it was going to represent. And I actually moved to Edinburgh a couple of years ago. It was April the 1st. And um, I think that is quite significant because that is April Fool's Day, of course. And that makes me think about the fall in the tarot, yes. which is the first stage of the journey and its leap of faith and being quote unquote foolish and going against the grain and going against um, limiting beliefs and just going for that. So I, I've always felt that that was significant. And I gave away most of my stuff. Um, you know, I gave it to charity shops or um, I, get, or I sold it or I just um, got rid of it. And so when I moved up to Edinburgh to stay with my friend, I had probably two large suitcases with me on the train. That was it. And so I'm sitting on the train and um, spirit are talking to me. And maybe this is um, an experience that other, other people have had. I can hear spirit very well when I am traveling, especially if I'm not having to do anything. Um, I haven't actually driven a car for years and years. Uh, funnily enough, but I did qualify to drive. But when I'm certainly on on my own, um, on a train or something like that, because you're kind of in between two realities, you're between two spaces, and quite often there's not a lot to do, and you're just looking out the window. And that has always prompted amazing ideas, such as it makes me think about um, J.K. Rowling when she had the whole idea for the 
you know, the plot line of Harry Potter and it came to her on train. I can understand, you know, yeah. I understand a little bit of that. Uh, funnily enough, she wrote Harry Potter in Edinburgh. Um, I love her. I do and too. also, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. So, but it made it, it I think it is a special um, energy to be between states in that way, literally, I guess, sometimes. And so I hear spirit really clearly. And I would also say as a tip, if you want to manifest or intend this in-between space, this liminal space when you're traveling is a good place to do it. But anyway, they're chatting to me and they're like, so what are you going here for then? And I'm like, <laughs> well, you can't, you, well, you know, because you, you prompted me or you were part of this conversation or this creation process. Um, so what is what are your intentions then? And I'm kind of talking about this big lofty stuff. I'm like, and they're like, okay, yeah, cool. But really what, what you wanted to find? I'm like, well, I want to find a partner. I want to find a husband. And they're like, okay, we're getting to it now. Okay, this, that's the nitty gritty. Um, this is how I talk to spirit. That's how they talk to me. It's very kind of like friends over coffee kind of vibe. And um, they're like, oh, we're getting to it now then. So yeah, it is, it is about um, uh, career opportunities and it is about beautiful architecture, but it's also about, you know, let's find that life partner. Let's find that lovely uh, partner, husband, etc. cetera. Um, and then they said, okay, then so be it. As in you intend it, it's there. And they said, why don't you just drop another um, a wish, you know, into the well? Why don't you just give us something else? And nothing as big or lofty as, you know, the life partner or the career dream. Why don't you just drop something in there? And I'm like, do you know what? I've always wanted to, to sail or learn to sail or be on boats or um, spend time on the water. And um, it's not been this burning passion since I was a kid. It's just something that I've always been really curious about. And then, okay, cool. So drop that in the wishing well kind of thing. So April the 1st, I moved there. Um, then I began looking for friends um, on a dating app. The magic of dating apps, uh, we know, can be very powerful. And so I met my partner, Jeremy, on the 26th of April. And then that was it. So him arriving um, took 26 days and it was um, a complete feeling of certainty from the very beginning, from the first time I met him in person. Um, I can't claim to be super intuitive about talking to him before that point because I just thought he looked quite sexy. That was it. Maybe uh -huh. that was necessary. Do you know what I mean? Like, instead of having these lofty kind of intuitive insights about this picture of this guy, I just thought, well, he looks quite hot, so I'm going to meet him. And I think that's a good enough prompt, don't you? <laughs> well, yeah, because... Reason. Well, and, reason. And let, let's just state for the record here, um, because obviously I've recorded a bunch of stuff about relationship things and, you know, men and all that. Um, that was Jesus. Slade. that was very <laughs> thank you um the the one thing that i've gotten a lot of questions about or or messages about and and i just need to put it out there because it's honestly never come up before um all the intuition in the world kind of goes out the window when you're yes. dealing with this kind of attraction so um, right. yeah. I think people beat themselves up a lot. Just the average, you know, muggle um, beats <laughs> themselves up for not 
having better intuition about um, someone that they're romantically involved with. And like you said, you know, the first impulse is a kind of sexual attraction. Well, that sort of throws you into your lizard brain anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, and Oddly enough, I remember hearing another psychic, like a TV psychic, um, talk about this one time. And, you know, her whole philosophy was we learn about ourselves through people and through these relationships, especially these very serious, challenging um, relationships. And, you know, there would be no lessons for us. There would be no opportunity to grow through these people if we kind of could predict everything about it or, you know, knew at a glance, you know, this person's story. Um, yes. Now I might have that kind of complete feeling about other people, but yeah, just for the record, when it's potentially, like you said, your future husband, you're mm. probably not going to get all that much information. No. And, and actually um, you are completely right. And I would say, my ability to intuit for myself, not about men necessarily, but other choices that I make or mm-hmm. um, other life aspects, that has probably developed in the last few years. And I think it's because of this manifesting work I've been doing. And I would make that separate to um, obviously intuitive work that I've done for other people. So I've been able to be intuitive for others in some capacity since I was about 12. And um, the ability to intuit for myself helps manifesting. However, a lot of people talk about intuition in the context of caution. And that's what I don't quite get. So Hmm. my intuition has always, and how it relates to manifesting, like two sides of the same coin, has always been about, I feel intuitively drawn to Edinburgh, for example, and I intuitively know that this is going to fall into place. And I want to say that's got nothing to do with my work as a psychic or whatever word you want to use. So if anyone is listening to this, um, it's not about being intuitive to the level that you can do that for others um, or do that professionally. This does apply to everybody. Um, It would, of course, apply very much to empathic people or people who are naturally more intuitive. But what I find interesting is there are some people who hone intuition and then they think they need to veer off into these realms of using that for other people as some sort of vocation or profession. And actually, we don't. And there are a lot of intuitives who are professionals who, when they are trained, never get told, hey, do you know what? These intuitive insights, you can use this to empower yourself without going straight into a service role for others. Um, And I like to help people with that because my intuition that I sense in relation to manifesting and attracting what I want isn't anything to do with the process that happens when I support other people. It's completely different because I... I call it an intuitive yes feeling and it's something that I like to help people develop because people, as I was saying, tangent, people talk about intuition in the realms of caution and I don't really get that because we could call that instincts and as you said, that's lizard brain and Mm. that is, you know, um, there's a car coming or 
something that we see animals do when they intuitively know that there's an earthquake, you know, I get that without getting lost in the semantics of it. Maybe we call that instinct or animal instinct or lizard brain instinct. Um, but intuition is for me, it's a warm yes feeling which tells you where you are in relation to your intentions and what you're trying to manifest. So if mm. I'm thinking, do I go to that party? It's like, yeah. So when going back to um, finding my partner on the dating app, mm-hmm. the, the sexy curiosity was enough because it wasn't about me reading him as a psychic to find out something that might be wrong. I'm doing air quotes. You can probably see me. um it that that's not the approach it was something resonates about this um i didn't feel like i had the energy for not that i didn't have the energy for a a, a life partnership to appear but i certainly didn't have the energy for like a big lofty um experience which would make me analyze and like the Virgo I am and think it all to death because I'd just been through that and the painful experience that we were talking about earlier. So actually sometimes it is intuitive or is it, it is the right thing to just say, he looks hot. I might hang out with him. And so that's what I needed. I didn't need to manifest in order to manifest it. I didn't need to think, um, I wonder if he's Capricorn or whatever, or, um, Am I looking for evidence of narcissistic traits or, um, and is he kind to animals and things like that? It's nothing to do with that. It's just, you know, let's be open like the fall in the tarot again. Let's be open. Let's be playful because that is, that is the, yeah, uh, what's the word? That is what the soul does. So for me, intuition and how that relates to manifestation isn't about fear and it isn't about, oh, my intuition is saying I shouldn't go to that party or my intuition doesn't tell me good vibes about her. My feeling around intuition, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a different word that I should be using, is that I've set an intention and the universe is telling me where I am in relation to it by the vibes that I'm getting. And that what that means is if I'm tuning into the soul I've never been fully comfortable with that word. I don't know why, but I guess you know what I mean. The soul isn't afraid. The, the soul self just wants to expand and it wants to explore and it's playful. And, um, you know, I often think about babies who swim when you take them to their first swimming class because they don't have a fear of water. And that reminds me of the energy that we come into this earth, earthly experience with. It's just like I want to explore and I'm here to expand and I'm here and I don't feel that I'm not entitled to anything. I feel worthy. I feel that everything is possible. I feel I'm not scared about what Abraham Hicks would call like the contrast in life and the possible difficult experiences. Um, I'm not scared of that at all. I came here for the variety and I really, really believe that. And so when I make an an intuitive choice, Sometimes it will be about something. It might have been, I'm sure it was intuitive, I can't speak. I'm sure it was intuitive for me to have that um, big, dramatic, um, hot fling that I had before I left Lincolnshire. That was intuitive because 
someone could say to me, you should have trusted your intuition because then there would have been signs that this was not a great experience for you. But my intuition led me to what I needed to experience to make my choice to lead me to my manifestation. So it's all intuition. And coming from that soul perspective, my soul wasn't scared of that. It was, we need to do this to work through some stuff. Let's, let's be the fool in the tarot. Let's dive in. Let's take a leap of faith. Let's know that nothing can really hurt, hurt us if we are in our power. And so I came to Edinburgh with that mindset. And it was like, I don't have a fixed expectation. I was in no way looking for a life partner or a husband. I, I dropped my intention into the wishing well, but it certainly wasn't high on my list of priorities. And that's why I feel I manifested this quite quickly because I didn't have a whole story around it. I wasn't thinking, oh my God, you know, the, there's a piece missing here unless there's a husband. That was not my thinking at all. It was playfulness. And like I said, you know, he looks hot. That's enough. And that is... Um, why I think it works. Also, because he's a muggle, um, mm -hmm. that helps. The contrast helps for me enormously. Um, and going back to the sailing thing what, that I put into my wishing well when I was talking to spirit, um, I think the first date was in a coffee shop. Uh, second date was spending time together. Um, and probably was it like 10 days after after we met um i went to a party which was his uh, brothers and uh bride to be it was their engagement party and we went obviously via car but then we went on a boat because mm. he is a um experienced sailor so are his family. They were brought up with that. And um, he actually took his brother's boat to travel to the location of where this party was. So as part of that, for about 30 seconds, I actually helmed the boat really <laughs> badly, really, really badly. Like, he was like, what the hell are you doing? But there we go. And it was just, I think the moral of the story is when you are easy about these things. They can manifest more quickly. And it was because I wasn't there hunting for a husband. And I was probably thinking, God, I don't want any kind of stress um, because I've just been through a stressful experience in this aspect of my life. But I was also expecting things to be easy. And in some way, I didn't have strong expectation either way. And when I said, yeah, I'd like to spend some time in a boat, that was so easy that there was no resistance, there was no block, and then it appeared in my experience. And that's the key to it. And I think that mm. when it comes to big visions, big visions can be a career dream, it can be a relocation, uh, or it can be a passion project. But that there is a way that you have to feel easy about it so that it, the, the manifestation has less resistance to work with. And that is hard sometimes when we lasso, you know, like the cowboy, we're lassoing to a big, um, uh, a big outcome straight away. And what I would say, if anybody is trying to um, play with manifesting, because it is, it is like play, the most joyful aspect is, oh my God, the universe is talking back to me. 
that's my favorite part. It's not like, okay, well, um, I've got a partner now or I'm living here now. That's not what it's about for me. It was about, this is such a cliche, but it's true. It's about the journey. It was about, I am living in a co-creative universe and it is a delight and it's making me laugh. And it, I'm, I'm kind of in awe because all these signs and synchronicities are talking back to me. That is the buzz for me, you know, mm-hmm. and you are right. And as much as I could have created these same experiences in an entirely different city, but somewhere intuition, whatever was prompting me from my early twenties and came back in again and said, well, it is Scotland or in other words, before you came to this life, you set forth some intentions about what you wanted to have and enjoy and what you wanted that to feel like. And spirits feedback is that looks Scotland shaped or you could very easily experience these sensations in Scotland. It could happen in other cities. Um, and with all due respect to my partner, my lovely partner, it could happen with other people. <laughs> but that the prompts were this looks Scotland shaped to us, or it's kind of Edinburgh shaped, or the feelings that you want to experience and the vibration, if you like, it is very much in the shape of this person you call Jeremy. And so that that's the prompt. Um, if that makes sense, because it's always it's all about feelings, and I've stopped looking for physical evidence as knowing that manifesting works in this machine-like way. Um, when I first explored the idea of manifesting and magic and creating something, um, a lot of that came through my exploring. This was in my teens of uh, Wicca, witchcraft, magic which is still a big part of me and earth-based spirituality, big part of me. Um, there was a lot of literature that, that I read at the time, which was like recipe books. And it was like for this outcome, you know, you'll need a certain colored candle and you'll need this moon phase. And um, it was all about paraphernalia and it wasn't telling me what I needed to do in my own energy to create that experience. Um, and some of what I read was and of course this isn't a comment on wicca and witchcraft as a whole of course not but some of i'm sure we've all read those books where it is about manipulating in some way and there's some secret and it's about finding this gemstone or this herb and then you'll get this outcome whereas for me whether you want a guy or a car or a house or a relocation you're wanting a set of feelings and feeling experiences and the universe knows how to fill in those gaps and deliver that to you. So when someone says, I want to feel this way in my love life, it might not be their most um, current or problematic uh, partner who's going to be able to give them that experience. So there is that openness to, okay, if I just keep open and know that the universe has heard my intention, then it will try to fill in the blanks. Um, I mean, in all my time as a reader, which makes me sad, <laughs> makes me sound 108 in all my time as a reader but in all my time as a reader i've never heard spirits say you can have this i mean to the client you can have this but you can't have that and or people ask about time frames and it's kind of like you can manifest this in three months but you can't manifest this in three days i've never heard that mm. and i've also never heard spirit talking in in a um 
in a cautionary way, going back to that topic of caution, you shouldn't do this or you can't have that or that's not possible. They're not interested in doing that. They're interested, I think, in helping us to connect with our self-worth and the reality that we are powerful creators and we are here to create and manifest and that should be playful and it should be joyful. And then to help us work through any blocks, mindset blocks, energy blocks, whatever, that's preventing that from happening more easily. That's it. That's what it's all about. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how this wisdom um, impacts the work that you do right now. Talk, talk to me like, because I know as I'm listening to it, I'm, I'm thinking, well, what would he have to say about, you know, this experience that I'm have going on over here? So I know that there's a lot of other people listening, thinking, Ooh, I would love to get his, you know, input on what I'm trying to manifest. So tell us a little bit about how you work. So, the manifesting approach is obviously a passion of mine and it came from not necessarily enjoying certain books, although I do, and resources from other teachers on the subject. My first awareness of whether we call it law of attraction or manifesting or conscious creation was from being a teenager and giving readings and working with or in other words, not being able to work with the premises that people and the ideas that people had around what readings were. So if somebody was saying to me, what is my fate? I'm kind of thinking, I don't know whether I can see that. Why can't I see that? And that's not how it looks to me. And I realized after reading energy um, and looking at what was going on in people's lives, I wanted to help them with their relationship to that and their own empowerment and to let them know that they're part of that process because the common questions, and I know we've got choices of course about how we present our work if we are intuitives, but a lot of the questions were, what is going to happen to me and what is kind of in the stars? And, and I was thinking, I don't know whether I can read in this way and I still, I don't work in that way now obviously. But it was, um, there's something else going on here where if I can tune that person back into their power, that they can create this outcome and then they don't need a forecast. So that was my first kind of light bulb moment. Um, I feel that I can hear what your intuition would tell you if you could hear it and you didn't have to worry about or you weren't worrying about um, your shopping list and you hadn't just had a really triggering argument with your boss or your conditioning from childhood wasn't making you um, freak out right now because that is the experience for most of us. We're kind of carrying that. And so what I feel I do is I cut through that. And one way to frame it is, okay, spirit guides or your spirit guides or whatever are giving me this information and that is one way to interpret what's going on within a reading but i actually think well no this is this is what the client would do 
if they weren't inhibited by the things that so many of us are going through life. So if I could turn down the volume on your negative self-talk and let's identify and work through this conditioning that you have gathered in your life, you would see your own worth more clearly and you would see your own ability to create your outcome more clearly. And so um, the way that I work is where are you in relation to what you are trying to manifest? Tell us where we can go to find you online if we want to get a reading with you. So you can find me on Facebook. Um, the website's still in development, but on Facebook it is Intuitive Icons with David Thomas Wright. That's my brand name. And all the information is there, but you can drop me a line uh, via the Facebook page um, and we can get a conversation going. And um, any questions that you might have, you can ask. I also have a Facebook group, which is the Maverick Manifesting Group with David Thomas Wright. And um, the URL for that would be facebook.com slash groups slash DTW community. Awesome. This was a great conversation, David. Thank you for coming on and talking to me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Shift Your Spirits podcast. For show notes, links, transcripts, and all the past episodes, please visit shiftyourspirits.com. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever app you prefer. If you'd like to get an intuitive reading with me or download a free ebook and meditation to help you connect with your guides, please go to sladeroberson.com. And if you're interested in my professional intuitive training program, you can start the course for free by downloading the attunement at automaticintuition.com. Before I go, I promise to leave you a message and answer to a question or a concern you may have. So take a moment to think about that hold it in your mind or speak it out loud. I'll pause for just a few seconds right now. You can be successful in more than one area of your life. Even though your life may somehow seem divided, you can be fully expressive in each facet of your life as long as you define the particular value and importance each facet brings. In other words, you can choose everything as long as you can be present with each thing. You do have the ability to shift your focus from one thing to another when it's needed or practical to do so. Be careful not to scatter your energies too much, of course, but do indulge in the various areas of your life and all the different projects that interest you. Some will fall away and others will emerge as priorities. And I'll talk to you later.